This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are 45 minutes from winning off the field on this football Friday and one hour away from a Beltway Blitz. You'll hear from Rick Snyder, who has talked to Sonny Jurgensen about being honored at FedEx Field this weekend. Looking forward to that conversation. But right now, on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter to Beat the Books, download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. Danny Cannell, courtesy of Bet Online. Danny Cannell is as passionate and knowledgeable and insightful as there is a college football analyst in the country. And when we had the opportunity to have him on to preview the national championship game, we were pumped. Danny, how about this game? TCU, who nobody thought was going to get here. Georgia, who everybody knew was going to be here, but barely got here. And it's a 13-and-a-half-point spread right now, I believe. I love this game. I am so fired up to talk about it. It's awesome. Uh, it's great to be on with you guys. And you hit on a couple of them. Like, the storylines in this game – like, yeah, it would have been kind of cool to see Michigan against Georgia in a rematch from last year's Orange Bowl, but that got lopsided. I think it's actually great for college football that TCU got past Michigan and got to this place because there was a lot of people that said TCU didn't belong and that Alabama would have beat them on a neutral field and Bama the Blue Blood should have been there instead. And for TCU to silence those critics, I think is massive. And everybody loves to root for an underdog, right? I mean, it's fun to root for a team that was 5-7 and seven a year ago and the Big 12 was picked to finish 7th in the Big 12. It's a great story. And by the way, they're a really good football team. And, and then you've got a team going for a repeat national championship. So just like you mentioned, there's so many things that are great about this game. Yeah, Danny, I root for chaos when it comes to it, right? It's like I, 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 I can wake up in you know late August and go, it's probably going to be between – Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and maybe like, you know, one other team that's going to be in there from the Power Five. I love the TCU, like those kinds of, of teams. And obviously, it didn't happen of a year, but I love it when it does happen, just to prove lots of people can play football, man. Lots of people are well coached. Lots of people can be physical and they're athletes all over the place. I'm rooting for them. Can they do it? Man, so <laughs> I don't think they can, but. I didn't think they could against Michigan, mm. right? Like, so I didn't, and there, there were actually two games down the stretch. I thought they were going to lose. Uh, and it wasn't Kansas state in the big 12 championship game where they did lose. And they, they did lose that one game. I didn't think they'd win against Texas. They were a seven point underdog and they ended up winning 17 to 10. They shut down Texas's B. John Robinson. Who's going to be most likely a first round pick at running back. And I didn't think they'd do it against Michigan because of the physicality of the Michigan offensive line. And TCU said, you know, Sonny Dykes, their coach, brought it up and said, 
we didn't like everybody saying we couldn't handle the Big Ten. And they used that as a motivating factor. So they proved everybody wrong once. Now they got to do it again because, it, like you mentioned, the line now it opened at 13 and a half. It's down to 12 and a half. So it has moved a little bit. I think the reason it's moving is because they're kind of becoming America's team. Everybody wants to pull for them. And in the playoff era, or not the playoff era, in the last 20 years, there are two teams that have been double-digit underdogs in the championship game, and they've gone on to actually win the game outright. So there is a like, – they could win this game, but I think it's the emotional play. I think the smart play is to lay the 12-and-a-half with Georgia – and, you know, if you want to root for TCU, I get it. I would probably say just put a little bit on it just for fun. But if you really want to make more of an investment and a bigger play, I would say you lay the 12 and a half, you fade the public money, which is all over TCU, and you say, all right, prove us wrong. Because Georgia has way better talent. Michigan did too, but Georgia's got the best talent in the country. I mean, they have four and five stars all over the roster. 90% of their roster is made up a four- and five-star talent, there's a reason they're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, Michigan threw two pick sixes and turned yeah. the ball over at the six-inch line in that game. Danny Cannell, Bet Online. You can check out Bet Online for a plethora of national championship lines, including spread total, game MVP, first touchdown score, margin of victory, title, total touchdowns, player game stats, and a whole lot more. Max Duggan, I love his game. Uh, he is a dual threat. He can run. He can make every throw. Why isn't he considered more of an NFL prospect? And what kind of draft prospects would he have if he comes out? So he's, he's announced he's going to go to the draft, which I was, I, it was an eyebrow raiser a little bit. It probably tells me that TCU, their NIL game maybe isn't the same as it would be at an Alabama or at Ohio State where they could pay him, you know, half a million bucks to just stay around another year. There is a, so even Sonny Dyke. So this is one of the best stories of college football, I think. That I don't know if everybody's aware of. So to start the season, Max Duggan did not win the starting quarterback job. Sonny Dyke came in as the brand new coach, and he said, "I want to open competition, and it's going to be Max Duggan and Chandler Morris." And Max Duggan had played a lot of football. He was the veteran quarterback on this squad. And Sonny Dyke, even despite that, most coaches would pick the veteran. He said, "No, I'm going with Chandler Morris." Chandler Morris played one game, got hurt. Max Duggan did not decide to transfer, which we all know that's a very common trend in college football. He decided to wait around, and he got his opportunity early this season, and the rest is history. He's played phenomenally well, and he's gotten to this point, which is unprecedented. I do think so he doesn't blow you away with, like, NFL prototypical size. He's 6'2", 210. It's adequate, but it doesn't blow you away. He doesn't run like a 4-4, 4-5, which would blow you away. He doesn't have a cannon like some of these other quarterbacks coming out that would blow you away. So I think you're looking at probably a fifth or a sixth-round pick when he does get drafted because there's nothing, you know, there's, you know, scouts want to really be blown away. His game film is good. I don't think it's the best. And I don't, you know, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, those guys have put down incredible film. There's a little bit of a system element to this. But I think he is a guy that in the fifth or sixth round, I would say, let me get him in my let me get him in my team, let me get him in my quarterback room, let me see what he does as a competitor, and maybe he's one of those guys that just figures it out and can be a key contributor. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. You know, he might be able to come in 
in a backup role in two or three games. But like I, maybe, and, but then there's also the possibility he could be the next Brock Purdy, who dropped to the very last pick in the draft. Nobody thought he'd do anything. He gets thrust into the spotlight because of two injuries in San Francisco, and he's got the San Francisco 49ers in his last four to five games. They're talking about sticking with him, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. So there is always the surprise factor. He's played a ton, the experience factor. But physically, he's just not that impressive, which is what the teams always look for. So that's, I love the story. I hope he gets an opportunity, and it's a good one. But there's a reason why he's not you know, a top-five pick or a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Terrific. Danny Cannell on with us here on Grant and Danny in D.C. Uh, what are you hearing on Kendra Miller, and, and how critical is he for TCU? I was impressed with, with when DeMarcado came in. I thought they didn't really miss a beat, but you'd like to have your best going uh, when you're playing for the Natty. Totally agree with you. I think by position, I'm not that concerned, right? If it's your quarterback, you're, oh, no, like, what are we going to do? And I don't like – I, I played with great running backs. I played with Warwick Dunn. It was phenomenal. But it is a position that I do think is easier to fill. But here's where I think the issue comes into play. It's depth. You know, what if DeMarcado gets hurt? Or if he needs a rest, if he needs a blow, then you're starting to get deeper on the roster. And by the way, Max Duggan is the third highest rusher. It's Kendra Miller's leading rusher. He's been great. DeMarcado's behind him. And then it's Max Duggan. Then you're getting some guys that haven't played a lot and, you know, you wonder how they do with pass protection. It just becomes more of an issue. So I don't think it's the, the most glaring, you know, oh, no, they don't have a chance. But you definitely want to have him back, and it's still questionable. So I think that is a concern. And there's an issue also, injury question for the Georgia Bulldogs, and it's Darnell Washington, who is a tight end who's massive. He's six seven, probably 280. He's more of a traditional blocking tight end who can run routes. But when you look at Georgia's offense, their tight ends, especially Brock Bowers, the healthy tight end, who's been probably their best offensive weapon the last two seasons, if Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers can go, man, it really presents some matchup problems for TCU's defense. If Darnell Washington can't go, then it at least makes it a little bit easier to match up against Brock Bowers. So there's two injuries to keep an eye out for as the game comes, you know, gets closer on Monday. It's Kendra Miller, as you mentioned, and Darnell Washington for Georgia. And of those two, I'd say the more significant one could be Darnell Washington because of what it means for Brock Bowers, where I do think you can at least mask the injury to Kendra Miller if he's not playing. Danny, I I pre-hate this question I'm about to ask you. It's a little bit cringy and and like sports talk radio-y, but if Georgia wins a second straight national championship game have they supplanted Alabama for for now or kind of big picture as the program? Or or do they need you know, a few more years and pelts on the wall before we say that? No, I, I'm almost willing to go there already. You know, they knocked them from their perch last year as the national champion. They knocked them from like, the, so they're back in the national title now. They're looking for back-to-back. And just a few years ago, they were a second and 26 away in overtime from beating Alabama. And if you remember, that was the play where Tua Tonga-Valoa came in and hit the game-winning touchdown pass and a walk-off Alabama win. If they don't get that win, you're talking about Georgia's potential third national championship. The only hesitation I have is 
let's see them do it first. Like, if, and now they got to do it. But if they go back to back and you look at the, I think there is a shift of power in the balance of power in college football. And this is exactly what Georgia fans wanted, exactly why Georgia got rid of Mark Rick, my former coach at Florida State, and was the previous coach at Georgia, who was great. Like, he was a good coach. He got nine, 10 wins, 11 wins a seat. Like, they were close. And Georgia fans said, uh uh-uh, uh, it's not good enough. We want to supplant Alabama and build Alabama East and build it as Georgia. If they win this game, that's what Kirby Smart has done. He's built Alabama East, especially when you look at Alabama not winning the SEC West. There's some vulnerability there in Tuscaloosa. I don't think they're going away, but they're showing some signs of maybe being toward the end of their dynasty just as Georgia's beginning. I think it's more than a fair uh, assessment to make if Georgia does, in fact, win this game. Danny, I don't have a good question here. I just kind of want your thoughts. I love Brock Bowers. I just do. I'm enamored. I think like there's there's something I'm I'm much older. I think we're about the same age. I think I'm a little bit older than you. But like there's something about like the big bruising tight end that can also like make people miss here and there. I, I think that guy is awesome. Is going to be a great asset for somebody on Sundays. What do you think? I totally agree. I think it's got to be a system that he gets into that will utilize him. So he's a little bit undersized compared to even like the Travis Kelsey's and Gronk's. 6'4-230 is kind of a tweener. Like he's not a he's not fast enough to be a big wide receiver, and yet he's not big enough to be a tight end like Gronk and Kelsey to be the great. But he is a special football player, which is what you're alluding to. And not only is he able to catch the ball and run routes, and he's got pretty good speed, he also is a rushing threat. Like they've rushed him a couple times, and he's had he had a 75-yard run this year as a runner. And he had three touchdowns as a runner. So he's just one of those guys that I think you're 100% right. He's just almost positionless. Don't call him a tight end. Don't call him a wide receiver. Call him a football player. And I can picture an offense like Kyle Shanahan, who's done a great job with George Kittle, of just figuring out ways to get him the ball, kind of like they did with Debo Samuel. I think he's one of those type of players who you'd have to view as like a Swiss army knife, do a whole bunch of different things with him. And if you approach it that way, I think you'd be incredibly happy. Now, if you ask them, oh, you got to bulk up and be a tight end and be more traditional and block. I don't know if it's as successful or if you said, hey, can you trim down? We'll move you out more. You really have to utilize exactly what he is, which is, again, just a football player. Remember, he's only a sophomore, which is nuts. I mean, he's still an incredibly young talent for the Georgia Bulldogs. And I do think he's there. He's been their offensive MVP two years in a row. He is that good, and he's been phenomenal. I think he's going to have an incredible career. Danny Cannell, courtesy of Bet Online on G and D. You check out Bet Online for a plethora of national championship lines, including spread, total, game MVP, and some player props as well. Uh, Danny, I wanted to tap into your expertise as a college analyst on Sam Howe. Fans in this town are really excited for his first start for the Commanders against the Cowboys, against that number one defense. It's going to be desperate this weekend trying to win the division. Looks like he may be thrown to the Wolves here. We don't know what to expect. What was your take on Howell at UNC and coming out? So I'm very familiar with Sam Howell because as a high schooler, he had originally committed to Florida State, my alma mater. And I was excited about him. And then Mac Brown came in, took over the North Carolina job and, you know, stole him from us. So I was bitter (laughs) about that. 
And then I'm watching his college career on, but I'm like, man, we could use him right now. Um, I think he's kind of similar to what we were saying about Max Duggan earlier in this, in the TCU quarterback conversation, like, and played a ton of college ball, won a lot of games, helped elevate the program of North Carolina, not quite as much as, uh, as, as Max Duggan did at TCU, but he was a difference maker at that school. He's got a, a good arm, maybe not a great arm, but I think he's got a great awareness and ability to grasp the system. And he's got a, like, I don't like to say the cheesy, like cliche, like clutch factor, but he does raise the level of play around everybody around him. And he had a bunch of fourth quarter comebacks because his defense wasn't very good at North Carolina. He had to keep him competitive. He was projected to be like a second round. Maybe even some guys thought he could be a first round pick after his second year. Then the third year, the offensive line was bad. Like he didn't have good supporting talent around him. And he really didn't have a great year and they didn't win as many games. So he kind of fell down the draft boards. But I think given the opportunity, he could excel. Now it's a tough spot with what's happening, like where the season is, the way things have kind of fallen off here lately. I worry about that. But if he's given a good situation and maybe like a fresh, clean start and a new competition, quarterback competition, I think he could challenge about anybody that's out there. So I like him as a quarterback. I do think he, he doesn't have the upside of a first rounder, but I think he could provide an opportunity to play some games. And then it's kind of like, all right, maybe you've got another Kirk Cousins on your hand who was also, you know, a fourth round pick. It could be, that could be the upside for him. I don't think upside is Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but I do think like a upside of a Kirk Cousins could be the same potential career arc if he does get hot and given a good opportunity with good talent. Danny, before we let you jump, give us a prediction for Monday. I think Georgia wins. I hope I'm really kind of nervous. There's a blowout, um, you know, a three or four touchdown game, but I think it'll probably be around two touchdowns. I think Georgia will go up early. I think they'll get more conservative in the second half. Don't give up the big play. And I think they'll kind of just use that boa constrictor style. They'll suck the life out of the game, hang on to the ball a little bit more in the second half and pull away. So I like Georgia to lay the 12 and a half. And because of the style of game, I think unfolds, I'll go with the under two of 62 and a half. So I like Georgia to win and under uh, lower scoring affair by the standard of that 62 and a half. Excellent. As always, we love having you on Danny. Enjoy the weekend's worth of NFL games. And then uh, Monday night as well. Awesome. You guys too, man. It's great catching up. You got Appreciate it. You, Danny Cannell of bet online joining us here on grant and Danny. I'm pumped for the national championship game. Now I'm not sure that it's going to be tight. But I just think that it is refreshing yes. to see something different. This is my point. This is why I'm in. And I would take this over, like, if it's Georgia-Alabama, and that's potentially a great game, and we're going in with a, you know, not this year, but just generally, like a three-point spread or whatever. Give me the 12-and-a-half-point spread that might be lopsided and the potential intrigue of what happened with TCU-Michigan. And Danny said it best. Just guys named Danny making great points. I didn't think TCU could hang with Michigan at all. And here we are, right, in in a situation where it doesn't look like they can hang with Georgia. Georgia is better everywhere. On, you know, on paper, there was nowhere where you'd go TCU as a massive edge. Maybe you prefer Duggan over Bennett, but Bennett's just got all the weapons in the world at his disposal, and those are just grown-ups who are playing on Sundays up and down that lineup for Georgia. 
I just want to see it. I want to see something besides the usual group. So no disrespect to Ohio State fans. You'll be back in it next year, I'm sure. No disrespect to Michigan fans, Oklahoma, Alabama, or Clemson or whatever. I'm just so excited it's not one of the same group of four teams that we see each and every year. I'm into it. And look, you can easily say if Michigan TCU started right now and they played again. Michigan would win. Michigan probably wins and might win handily from the perspective of it's two pick sixes, you turn the ball over at the goal line. But stuff like that does happen, and it could happen in this game again. Now, you don't often get that kind of good fortune if you're TCU in back-to-back games against teams that, that are superior, but it could absolutely happen. Right, what outcome do you want for the Commanders on Sunday? A loss, and they could climb all the way up to the top 10 in the draft. A win, and they beat the Cowboys, who everybody in this town hates with a passion. Obviously, you want Sam Howell to play well. You want some of the kids to shine. But what do you want to happen this weekend with the Commanders playing Dallas? We'll get into that next. Grant and Danny on The Fan. Situation is what it is, you know. We're kind of out of the whole playoff race, but you know, I don't, I don't take any games for granted. You know, this game is the most important game of my life, and it should be the most important game of everybody on the team's life. You know, it's our next game, and that's that's the mentality I have, and the mentality I'm trying to get across to my teammates as well. You know, we're playing to win. You know, no matter if we can't go to the playoffs, it's it's a game. In the NFL, it's you know what we all what we all work for. Coaches too. You know, they all dreamed of of coaching the NFL, so we're gonna go out there and give it our all. If you're Sam Howell, you don't know how many of these you're gonna get. So you just need to put that best foot forward, show this front office and this coaching staff that you deserve to be in the mix moving forward. You deserve to be a consideration at quarterback. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. We mentioned earlier this is our ninth year together, the nine-year anniversary today mm-hmm. of you and I doing our first ever radio show together in middays on 106.7 The Fan. Made me feel old. Frankly, yeah, it'll that'll happen. Creep up on you like that, doesn't it? Like uh, more than a quarter of my life has been spent sitting looking at you. With all due respect, that's a lot. There's, it's not even one of those no offense things. That's like, yeah, no, it's tough. <laughs> but I can attack with right? me. Yeah, like, I, I'm not. This is not like you. You're a good looking guy. No, we're like, not looking at Adonis's here, right? It's not uh, like Channing Tatum opposite Brad Pitt. Do some quick math. Yeah, four hours. Uh huh. Times the days we've worked together, just looking at my face. Think about that. Yeah. What are you doing with your life? 200 days a year, four hours a day, 800 hours times Do you know nine. how much I mean, more good. time I spend with you than my wife? Yeah, I say this all the time. I'm like, we are common law together in a lot of cultures. My wife goes to bed within 10 minutes of me getting home every night just so she doesn't have to talk to me or yes. see me. You know what I'm saying? Yes, too. It's like, hey, we could just sit here and watch something. She's like, no, I'm good. Best it gets for us is we'll watch a show together where she nods off. But then you guys just look at the TV. Yeah, and that's my point. It's not not about me. Would you guys still be together if she had to look at you as much as I look at you? No. No. Right? You you can't help but find the faults Mm -hmm. when when we're gazing at each other like this. You know what I mean? Like like if my – if the haircut – I get – I say the same thing to the barber. I I actually don't know what to say to the barber. You get terrible haircuts. Yeah, and like – you could come in with the opposite of a mohawk, just the middle shave, and I wouldn't care. I don't care about your hair. Nothing about your hair has ever moved into any kind of emotion. You can't handle it when I get like less than perfect in your mind, whatever, you're, whatever it wow. is in your mind, right? 
But you see what I'm saying? Like, I noticed, like, today, you have an ingrown hair on your right cheek. Oh, man. I want to pop that thing so bad. It's tough. Right? But, like, don't you do anything about it. I'm just saying, we, you can't help but notice. We're just here, man. We're looking at each other. We're just looking at each other so much. But I was saying that it has been almost now a decade uh-huh. of you and I doing whatever this is. And that made me feel old. But this made me feel older. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Coral Willis TV tweeted this. It has been 27 years since the blizzard of 96 crippled the D.C. area with snow. Has it really been? 27 years. That's terrible. So Clary has no file on this. This was years before he was born. But do you know how silly the blizzard of 96 was? Buddy. For eight-year-old me to miss. We missed, I'm pretty sure it was close to a month of school in King George. It was like... The closest thing to the pandemic shutdown that happened during my childhood. If you get an inch of snow in King George County, you're probably not going to school. Mm -hmm. In 96, and it was every day. I didn't, no one was pretending to be sick. You were just out. You were were, uh, putting snow gear on. You were going down hills. I remember one of my buddies in the neighborhood had an older brother, and we put snow stuff on his tires so that he could drive around, and he pulled us. Like like a boat pulls a tube on the streets. I mean, I'm sure that's safe. We were just doing that every day for a week. It was the best, man. Nobody, nobody will ever top that time in my life. No one's ever had more fun than me and my pals. How old were you? You were junior year oh of God. high school. That's you can't draw it up. Better. We had so our our exams were just after the holiday. So you basically you do the first semester, Christmas break, you come back. You get like a day, then it's like, all right, here you go. What'd you learn? T- I never took a single exam that actually improved my grade. I was able to break even a couple times, but I never actually got better. So every day it's snowing and they're going, okay, we're going to postpone exams a day. Postpone exams a day. And each day we're like, come on, come, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop, right? And finally they were like, all right, exams are banked. They're done. If you need one to pass, we'll arrange it with your teacher. Otherwise, like enjoy the time. So each day, I'm living in Northern Virginia, traveling into D.C. every day. So, or, or that was normally what I would do for commuting. I was so afraid. This was a legitimate thing at first. I was so afraid of not being able to get to school for exams. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get into DC and stay there. And my parents were like, actually, that makes some sense, right? So if he's got to go take an exam, so I stayed at my buddy Pat Barry's house, whose parents were out of town. I didn't tell him that part. So did a bunch of my other buddies. No one has ever consumed more Milwaukee's best in the history of Western civilization. They were out of stock. Because we ate, we drank all of it. And we would get up, take one of my buddies' giant Broncos or SUVs to Battery Kimball Park, sled every day, start popping tops at 4 o'clock, and get bleep-faced long into the night when we were supposed to be taking exams. Literally perfect. A perfect time. 27 years ago. Ah. Yeah, 27. A lot of people do better with getting old than I do. I, I, it, it's tough for me. I'm bad at it. It was such a and listen. I'd lived through the blizzard of '83 as well, which at that point I was just a little a little guy, and the snow was taller than me. I remember like walking down out of the, off, on the front walk and like looking around. That's cool. That's my number one like actual snow memory. Yeah, is so my back deck on an awesome snowstorm. We would you know six eight inches or something was like a huge deal. That w- we might as well be in Minneapolis, right? This is Antarctica. We got six inches of snow. Based on the wind, and we learned at that time this term, the snow drifts, 
you could like if you opened the door of your house, it was a wall of snow essentially that you could walk into because the snow just blew up against your house. And so if you punch through enough, you'd probably get to a point where there's only a couple of feet somewhere. But you were snowed in quite literally. It was the one time where all of the panicking about the milk and the yep. the eggs and the, Just the bread and the toilet paper, it all mattered that time. And since then, we still today overreact because of that. Like time. it's going to rain. You better, you know, buy out the entire stock of paper towels. 20? 27 years. Seven years ago. One of my favorite bands, the Walkmen, all DC based guys, have a song called The Blizzard of 96 because it was that pronounced in, in a major time in all of our lives. It was the best. My junior year exams got canceled because of the snow. I think everybody's exams got canceled. Oh, yeah. But junior year is a big deal. You know, it's, all, sure. it's all crunch time. It's like you better pass. Otherwise, you can't go to college and you'll you know go to prison probably. It's funny. I think about how that was one of the greatest times of our life. How is that for our parents? They must have hated it. <laughs> Hatred. Oh, it was the pits. Hated it. <laughs> I mean, as kids, you're right. That was... A dream. Yeah. Also, I played more video games during that month, I swear to you, than any month of my entire life. Like, if you were able to look at a chart right yep. now, like a, a graph, and you would just see this massive spike that comes right down in, in January of 1996. Like, what event happened in Grant's life where he played 200 seasons of Madden? But you're right. I mean, parents pretty much had to either work from home or... or it was kind of pandemic-y in a way. It was. I mean, it had to be just a disaster for them. This weekend, Commanders-Lions. Hoping this isn't a disaster for the good guys. Have you seen the injury report yet for the Commanders? I, I was reading it in parts just because it's so lengthy. Not fun. The who's going to be out for this game list is almost as long as the who's going to be in for this game list, and I'll get it to you in full in just a second. But just know that Sam Howell's not going to have a whole lot of help. This weekend. The only good news is that I do believe their wide receiver core is pretty much intact at this point. And so he is going to be able to throw to the trio that is McLaurin and Dotson and Samuel. But man, oh man. I mean, and we'll, we'll get you the entire list here in a second of who's out, but it is lengthy for the commanders. Here's what I want to happen. And I know that a lot of people listening can't handle this. So. Uh, say whatever mean things you have to say now. The best thing for this team is that they play well and lose this weekend. The best thing for this team is that Howe looks good, the young guys look good, and the Cowboys have more points at the end of the game. And the reason for that is, if you look at the draft situation, Washington right now picks 14th. With a win, they could actually fall as low as like the 22nd pick in the draft. 22. They could pick as low as 22, meaning the worst draft pick for any non-playoff team could be the Commanders. Yet, if they lose this game this weekend, they could gain spots and climb all the way to the 10th spot in the NFL draft, which would be massively significant in the way of trying to trade up for a quarterback if that's what they decide they want to do. Hugely helpful. You give up about half as much as what you'd have to give up right now if you climb a handful of spots. Or let's say they don't want to trade up. They just want to take whatever quarterback falls into their lap. There will be another option, probably two options, picking 10th compared to in the 15 to 22 range where they might be. So there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you're incapable of understanding that this is better for them to lose, 
I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time trying to convince you otherwise. It doesn't mean, by the way, that you have to cheer for a dropped pass by Terry McLaurin or get excited when Sam Howell gets sacked. That's not what I'm asking anyone to do. All I'm saying is you can watch this game with an eye toward not being heartbroken every time something doesn't go their way. And if some of the young guys play well and they play an okay game that isn't embarrassing and the Cowboys win, you put your little head on your pillow knowing that that lack of an empty calorie victory is the best thing that's happened to them in a couple of weeks. I guess very well put. Now, here's what I was talking about when it comes to rebuilding. People can't handle the the T word. It rhymes with spanking. Okay, People can't handle that. All I'm talking about is prioritizing the future over the present to try to make your future present really, really good. The best thing for their future, you've already laid it out very well. Now, here's my corollary. If a bunch of these young players, if Chris Paul and Sam Howell and you know Rashad Wild Goose and a bunch of the kids, and there are a ton, it's a football roster, so you can't really have a bunch of you know rookies and undrafted free agents and everyone else running, but if a bunch of these unproven players mess around and play well, and end up beating Dallas, who's got something to play for? Okay. I, I don't have to, I'm not going to get upset about that either. That's my only corollary, right? I mean, the best thing for them, as you said, is Sam Howe plays well, Chris Paul plays well, a couple of these other young guys that will probably be in, in the lineup do good things. Dallas scores more points. They go on to lose in the first round of the postseason, fingers crossed, and Washington you know, probably ends up picking 12th, 13th, somewhere in there. That's your best case to me. Your worst case is you know, already avoided now because you're not playing Taylor Heineke. You're not going to force Carson Wentz in there. You're not going to try to do some kind of empty calorie thing to go eight and eight so that uh, the decision makers feel better. Uh, worst case is still a win, to be honest with you. Is because it? Yes, because you, you could, at best, you're going to fall a handful of spots. And at worst, you could fall as many as set, like a third of the, the, the round, basically. I mean, a quarter, I guess. But you could fall seven spots in the draft. By the way, John Allen is out. Cornelius Lucas it won't play. Brian Robinson won't play. James Smith-Williams is out, and Benjamin St. Just is out. There's a chance that Cam Curl, Jamin Davis, and Andrew Norwell all don't play either. So it may not matter that much because I don't know how much of a chance they'll have against Dallas. I mean, my number one priority, to be completely honest, is Sam Howell looks good. Yeah. Number two, then, would be the outcome of the game. But curious to see what you guys would like to see. What is your preference for Sunday, whichever side of this you come down on, what you're hoping to see when you turn on the game, or if you're one of the Brave that is going to FedEx Field for the sunny ceremony and what you're hoping for. 800-636-1067. We'll get to those thoughts and we'll squeeze in our personal winning off the fields on this Friday next on G&D. It is Friday, which means our double play brought to you by GovSmart, intelligent IT solutions for government. Visit GovSmart.com. Becomes winning off the field. You don't do it for me. You don't do it for Danny. You do it for Bruce Allen. We'll get to the phones in just a second at 800-636-1067. Danny, how are you winning off the field on this Friday? So it's pretty simple. Um, the uh, My son is on a basketball team. Right, and uh, they've been outscored thirty-nine to eleven and forty-three to eleven in their first couple of games, which is not great. Uh, they're they're going to struggle to score some points. The games start at eight in the morning and go all the way through the afternoon. I thought all day long that the game tomorrow was at eight o'clock in the morning. Not, not, not that enthused about that. That's not that much fun. 
It turns out it's not. It's at like 10 something. Because I thought it was at eight and it's actually at 10 something. I am winning off the field. See what I'm saying? I, it's not one of those where you have to wake up at 6.45 and he's got to eat his cornflakes and he's mad about everything the whole time. It's just a regular game. A couple extra hours yeah. of fun. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I got two for you. Generally, when I get out of here, I've got like a couple thousand steps. Well, I had to go do some stuff today. It was a little more active than normal. I'm going to leave the office today. Okay. Probably at around 8,000 steps and only need a couple G's more. Wow. To get me to the finish line. So, therefore, I am. Winning off the field. And then way more importantly, Mm -hmm. I think my friend, Brooke, is going to bring over not one but two French Bulldogs. Because she's dog-sitting one and she has a French Bulldog. No, this is winning off the field. This is a good thing. So, Saturday, tomorrow, Fiona plus Brooke's French Bulldog and the French Bulldog she's sitting. And hopefully my neighbor's French Bulldog. Are all going to just go ham sandwich in the basement? It's just too many. I'm going to put them all in the basement for a Frenchie party. And there's going to be four Frenchies just snorting and huffing and puffing and tackling and doing whatever French Bulldogs do. It's a little bit of a Frenchie party. I think it's going to be a great time. Therefore, I am. Winning off the field. Can I share this with you just super quick? When I went to, I went to get a coffee before the show. And um, I'm walking on the street and there was a dude that was walking two dogs. One was even tinier than your French Bulldog, right? I don't even know what kind of thing it was. It looked like an alien. But then there was a French bulldog, and it made that that one half burp, one half puke, one third like snort snarf sound at me because yeah. it was like huffing and puffing. And it's like I don't I don't know what to do with it. Big dog guy, right? It's, I'm like cool, small animal, cool. Danny Ruye, dog guy. I like dogs, you love dogs. Yeah, I like dogs. When I, I think you, I think lover of dogs. Yeah. Go to Paul in Southern Maryland. Paul, what do you want to see for the Commanders this weekend? I know you're waiting for that. What do you got? Uh, so, yeah, I, I, as I approach my mid-40s, uh, I'm lucky enough to have seen the glory days of Washington football, and I remember a time when for a three-hour span on Sunday between one and four, if you're wearing burgundy and gold, they genuinely Disliked. Your your phone is like doing a weird. It's from thing. that era, I think. Uh, his when phone they were good. sounded like like when you hop on the radio and you're like, "This is pork job, Charlie." <laughs> Anybody out there? You know, one one of those like CB things. Yes. You know? Yeah, like, it sounds just like that. Hey, I got my tire going down on 81 here. Anybody within a few miles going to come help me? Like that. That he was talking on that somehow. On That's the, absolutely ludicrous. I don't know how he did it, Coach. I mean, he called into us on a on a CB, CB radio. Did he bounce? That was wacky. Um, but he, I, I heard at one point in time the, the Redskins were good. Yeah, they were really good. I have heard that. I don't know. I'll, I'll believe it, I guess. I've seen movies. All you've heard is tell of it. Yeah. In the same Imagine way. Imagine being that, Ryan, by the way. In the same way that I've heard, like, um, it's beautiful in fill in the blank where yeah. I haven't been. You mm-hmm. know, you should really go to Ireland. You'll have fun. Okay. And also the Redskins were good at yeah, one the Yeah, the lights of Paris are really bright. Take your word for it. <laughs> Let's go to Jimmy in Columbia. Hey, Jimmy. Boys, happy Friday. Happy anniversary. Thank Congrats. you. Thank you. Thanks, what a man. run. Uh, so, uh, we need to lose by 100 points. I hope Sam Howell puts up 50, <laughs> but we need to lose by 50. Um, I'm sick and tired of this team having draft picks in the teams. And we're just staying stuck in the middle, 
we had the second overall pick in the draft, but we decided Justin Herbert was not good enough for this franchise, and we are going to live with that decision, and that's fine. But you know what? I'm tired of the teams. So we need to lose. We need to go down. And if we're not going to use the T word, then we will start the hashtag spank for Caleb. I'll start it. Spank for Caleb. Spank for Caleb is pretty good. I would love to tank for Caleb Williams. If that's the game we're going to start playing. Now, here's the problem is you got to be one in 16. So uh, if you're too good, if you start Heineke or even Hal next year, that's probably not going to get you where you need to go. They're, They're better than that. So you have to start Danny or me. Like, that gets you to 1-16. in 16. If you sign me or Danny and you start us for 17 games, you're going to go 1-16 in 16 on a pick six by, uh, you know, Benjamin St. Juice in a 7 nothing win or something like that against the Texans. you got to start playing chess like the Eagles did a couple years ago, right? Where it's you, you trade people off your roster that other folks want. You start setting up for that 2024 drafts. you got ammunition. You're not going to be able to go 1-16, in 16, but you could be the seventh pick and have some ammo to move up to take old Caleb. I don't want to scare anybody listening. I don't want to be too real here. I don't want to give you too much of truth serum. I mean, people can't even handle the idea that it is actually beneficial for them not to win this game that means nothing this weekend. So we won't even start talking about 1-16 in 16 next year. But just know, you like being on the hamster wheel. You like being average. Me, I don't. I've got a plan to get us to the promised land. You won't listen. And you won't agree. So you allow this nonsense to continue. You should see who he's pointing at right now. You. Yep. I know mm-hmm. that to be great, you have to be terrible. You mm. want to beat the Cowboys this weekend for no reason. I want to be great. You're a bad fan. Okay, cool. I'm a terrible fan. I'll see you at the Super Bowl in four years. You don't get to come because you'll be 7-9 and nine again. I'll be there, though, with my quarterback that I drafted in the top three. Or maybe I'll take another defensive end. That point is so emphatic, by the way. You! I never Josh, seen a point like that. In Richmond. What's up, Josh? So, Ron's just basically uh, making a dumpster fire of this season. And by playing Howell, he, he really has no other options. You can't put Heineke in and have Heineke win against the Cowboys. It'd be a bad look on him. So, that's why we're playing Howell. And also, if you're, if you're a Heineke, how do, how, do you, how do you interpret this season and where do you go from here? If you're Heineke? I mean, right. you go anywhere where they're willing to give you starting experience, anywhere where they're well, telling you you got a chance to compete for a job. And even beyond that, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but I'd, I'd try to get away from Rivera if I was Heineke. Because every time he's had a chance to talk in, uh, about the quarterback spot, it's he's been inadvertently slapping me around a little bit. Fair, but and he's, he's also, I've been passed over a million times. I mean, he's given you, I mean, you've, you've been a starter for a year and a half yeah. when you were on a couch. I mean, so there's probably, you know, some reason that you like being here like they go through three quarterbacks a year now, you're gonna play there's only a few teams <laughs> yes, that do that's right. but yeah I, I would leave because i would go get 10 million 12 million somewhere else if washington's smart they're not going to give him 10 or 12 million they're going to pay sam Howell nothing mm-hmm. to be taylor heineke next year sam heineke just let him be taylor heineke next year for nothing and go get yourself a starter the problem with that and we've played this game is that the starter is going to be available. Oh, yes. For good reason. Mm -hmm. Beltway Blitz is next, and at 425, we're going to predict Sam Howell's line. We will project how we think he's going to play in his debut 
against Dallas. All coming up on Grant and Danny right here on 106.7 The Fan, where Nick Dow will join us at 6.10 tonight, and the Caps will play at 7 o'clock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 